You know, there's a lot of anniversaries, animation-wise, that are happening this year. You know, from a Disney perspective, you have Balkers, if you will, from a 30-year anniversary perspective. You know, to an extent you have, uh, to the extent you have Rescue Rangers, depending on how you feel, view that. You know, you have the 30th, from a non-Disney perspective, you have the 30th, of, you have the 30th anniversary of Sonic the Hedgehog and Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. Both animated, you know, shows based on that character and franchise. As well as the 30th anniversary of Archie Sonic, the Sonic comics by Archie Comics, um, 30 years that began 30 years ago. You know, so you got a lot of anniversaries. Some are even, you know, have some are even in the centuries, if you will, or if not beyond that. You know, for example, this year My Little Pony and GI Joe, the Hasbro version of GI Joe of the 80s, the 80s G.I. Joe, if you will, and My Little Pony Generation 1, 40 years. So you have a lot of anniversaries, animation-wise and stuff, you know, happening this year, you know, from 30, 30 years, 40 years, 50, you name it. You know, you even have the Disney Company celebrating 100 years and Warner Brothers celebrating 100 years. So, you know, big big time big time uh, anniversaries but sometimes something slips under the radar that you don't know about is celebrating an anniversary and as you can tell here on the screen this is one of those examples because back in 1988 pound puppies was another one of the uh, was another one of the most pop was basically another one of the most popular 80s toy franchises um, out there. They had been around for at least a couple of years and in 1988 it was decided by I believe Col by um, Columbia TriStar and, uh, Cal and Calico uh, Pictures or Calico uh, Distribution or whoever it was but it was decided that they would get a feature film and they did. And that was Pound Puppies and Legend of Big Paw. And of course, being someone that was, you know, not even nine years old at the time, uh, when it got, um, when it got its first uh, television trailer, if you will, I was excited because, of course, I'm eight years old, you know, going on nine, you know, I'm in like the second or first grade, if you will, first or second grade, you know, and, you know, I'm into toys, I'm into a lot of toys, you know, and everything. You know, toys from like Transformers, G.I. Joe, GoBots. But I was also into the toys that was kind of like cross-branding between boys and girls, like Pound Puppies. And I think me and my sisters may have had a couple of the Pound Puppies, but they were very small. You know, the ones that our parents could afford at the time. But when this got announced, it was like, you know, again, just like a lot of the um, movies that came out based on the 80s franchises at that time, I was excited. I was totally excited to, you know, to see this movie uh, for myself. Now, unfortunately, like, you know, Transformers and some other films, I didn't get to really see it in the, on the big screen because apparently and historically, this was one of those uh, films that got released. Um, not Well, it got released in theaters, but more specifically, it got released for a daytime matinee uh, playthrough. Basically, during the day, 
and you know I'm sure throughout all of Saturday and maybe even Sundays but mostly throughout the morning to early afternoon you know it was you know one of those um, movies that would get played for parents to take their kids to and enjoy while the older siblings were you know out you know well the older siblings were in school so like let's say a preschooler or someone that wasn't ready for school and everything or a parent felt they weren't ready for school this was one of those films that they could take them to and they could actually watch on the big screen without any much without much of a fuss or a ruckus or a line to stand in and um and, you know, obviously, you know, if you're targeting, if this movie is most specifically targeted towards younger kids, that's a good, you know, uh, that's a good move. Not financially, but it's a good move. Now, the movie itself uh, came out in, like I said, in 1988. That's it's celebrating, 20, not 30 years, but 25 years this year. That's right, 25 years. And it was released on March 18, 1988. By TriStar, Sony Pictures, Lion Gates, well, Lion Gates nowadays, uh, but by uh, TriStar and Calico, or Calico, um, it was produced by Calico, Calico Pictures, as well as was the first animated film distributed by TriStar. So that's what I want to get. Uh, that's what I want to get uh, um, corrected there. Um, now, according to Wikipedia, and anybody can correct me on this. It was the final theatrical release animated feature from the late 80s to promote a major toy line. And that, because that, according to Wikipedia, was a common trend at the time. Now, of course, it did bomb at the box office, but that wasn't any fault of itself. I mean, yeah, the animation wasn't, you know, very good at times. It was kind of like choppy at times, and there were some errors and stuff like that. But according to, again, Wikipedia, if you believe Wikipedia... Um, during its short theatrical run, and I, just like I mentioned moments ago, The Legend of Big Paul mainly played in matinees and only grossed uh, 586938000 Yeah, that's, that's not good. That's not good. Because the budget was $6 million and they didn't even make, they didn't even make a third of that back um, whatsoever. Uh, they didn't. Um... But, again, you know, but, again, uh, like I said, it was, you know, it was uh, mainly a, a movie that, as I said, was meant to entertain a younger audience. And, obviously, entertaining that younger audience is, by being showcased, as I just mentioned, and I know I'm saying that a lot here, I do apologize, but be showcased during the earlier times. Now, I'm pretty sure during Fridays and Saturdays, it got shown throughout more, you know, got shown uh, shown more, I should say, throughout the day. Like, not just the morning or early afternoon. I'm sure it got a little bit of a late afternoon into evening showcase um, as well. But because of the fact that, you know, theaters did not give it a long run, like not even you know, not even entertain the idea of, hey, let's put it, you know, for an evening showing and all that. I think that's why the, the movie, in my opinion, you know, didn't succeed. But being a kid, you know, of course, I wanted to see it. And as a kid, I enjoyed it. I actually did. In fact, it's still one of my uh, favorite, it's still one of my favorite um, animated films, you know, to, um, I, well, I wouldn't say favorite animated films, but one of my favorites 
to kind of you know you know watch you know you know once you know watch once in a while you know here and there kind of like a guilty pleasure if you will because if there's one thing about the film that I think some people seem to overlook and forget about is the music was actually pretty good yes some of the yeah most of the songs like at the pound king of everything all in your mind I'm a puppy too and puppy powers back yeah they all they were all basically sung to the tune of classic 50 songs like at the pound you know based off off in corn wikipedia and i think anybody knows this at the pound based off at the hop you know the king of everything based on the song riot and cell brock number nine you know all in your mind based off the you know song who do you love i'm a puppy too based off duke of earl power puppies back based off jailhouse rock you know so you know, so yeah, there weren't. So yeah, basically, the the music may have been, you know, different interpretations, you know, uh, played, you know, and sang to uh, the music identity that's more identified, uh, identifiable, I should say, with those classic '50s and '60s songs. But you know, honestly, again, to me, the one oversight that people seem to, um, n- you know, not bring up when they talk about this is the fact that the music was pretty catchy. You know, it may have not have been everybody's cup of tea, but I thought it was pretty catchy. As a matter of fact, um, recently, and I've done this in the past um, as well, um, you know, I've, I've done this in the past as well, I should say, um, you know, I've actually downloaded into an MP3, you know, songs like At The Pound and All In Your Mind and all that, because I, I thought the songs were good. I thought they were pretty good. Uh, and everything, you know, I would enjoy them. And I think anybody that grew up in that time frame, you know, even though the lyrics in the title of the songs were different, would instantly recognize what they're based off of. And I think honestly, that too, this is one of those uh, uh, products of the time to where if you were trying to introduce, you know, the, that generation, Generation X, if you will, which, you know, I'm a part of, to what, you know, your to what their parents, like my parents grew up with, Song-wise, uh, this was a, this was one way to do it because then you could just take them aside and say, yeah, that out the pound song that's actually based off this song, and then you could play at the hop for them, and they would have a better appreciation. They really would. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I really did. And as a matter of fact, you know, it because it had a short theatrical run, it did end up on home media. And as a matter of fact, um, as a matter of fact, you're not going to believe it. it ended up on home media. According to this. Uh, Family Home Entertainment, a division of international video entertainment, distributor of Carlico's uh, Ka- uh, Library, released uh, the movie on VHS format a year later. That's right, a year later. Um, so, yeah, you had to wait just a bit. You had to wait basically over a year. Although I don't think it really was a year. Because I think it did come out later on in 1988, you know, on home video. I think it did. Because I remember it being 1988, and we were living in Fremont, and we, I think we were living in Fremont at that time, and we had this video store next to, well, we'd go to Blockbuster, of course, but we also had the video store K-Video. And it was there that I saw Pound Puppies. And I was like, oh, I gotta get Pound, I gotta rent this, and we did. You know, because, you know, one of the traditions 
know, you know, one of the traditions, you know, for any family, including mine back at the time, was on the weekends, you know, you rent movies, you rent video games, and you have to have at least one family film, live action or mostly animated, for you guys to watch after dinner. And that's what we would do. You know, and it's got to be PG rated or G rated. And that's what, again, that's what we did. We, we watched, you know, those kind of films. Even Transformers, even though that wasn't really family friendly, you know, as, you know, as much as people originally thought it would be, you know, we even watched Transformers movie. But still, getting back to what I was saying, getting back to what I was saying, um, we, um, well, like I was getting back to what I was saying, we, you know, ended up renting Pound Puppies and we watched it there. And we thought it was all, and I think as kids, because I was like 10 years old at the time when, I think I was 9 going on 10 and everything at that time. Yeah, I was 9 years old when it came out because I think what they originally meant by home video release is not 1989, they meant 1988. So somebody has to uh, fix that, in my opinion. They have to fix that on Wikipedia. Uh, but anyway, but anyway, I, re I remember we watched that and I enjoyed it. My older sister, who was about 13 at that time, uh, she enjoyed it. And my second older sister, who's currently on the phone with my mom right now, which is why I'm able to record this, and I'm watching and listening to the security to make sure if any interruption happens, I can pause this. But even my second older sister, who was like 11 at that time, enjoyed it as well. Because it was a cute film. Because it was a cute, passable, harmless film. And... You know, my parents, mostly my mom, I think, enjoyed it because, you know, again, you know, because, again, the, the songs are very reminiscing, you know, um, instrumental wise to what she knows from when she grew up in the 50s and the 60s. Now, a lot of reviews, of course, as I'm looking here on Wikipedia, a lot of reviews, obviously, back then were not so kind to it. In fact, you had Variety calling it uninvolving and in this derivative or uh, uninvolving and endless uh, d derivative endless derivative and you have Sacramento Bee deeming it as miserably drawn in comparison to what Disney was offering at the time um, San Francisco Chronicle gave it an empty chair rating and you kind of had a bittersweet review from Detroit Free Press where they said it was dull and unoriginal but the songs that were but praise the songs that were written for it so again, the most memorable thing that people take out of this is the music. You know, like the animation may be bad, the story may not be good, but it is the music that people take away from this. And I am surprised that even to this day, we did not get a soundtrack, vinyl, cassette, or even CD, or even nowadays MP3, you know, of, you know, of the songs from the movie. Because again... You know, if there's anything you you would praise about the film, it's, you know, it's the soundtrack. And I think a soundtrack, honestly, would be the best um, direction to go to try to really revitalize interest in this film. Because this is a 25th anniversary that's being that should at least be talked about and celebrated. But, but it's not. But, uh, but however, it was one of those movies that, despite how anybody else felt about it, it stuck with me. It really did. And I think it may have been one of the films that my my grandparents had in their library. Because they would buy a lot of family stuff, you know, Disney movies and everything. And they'd have it in their cabinets, you know, to bring out for the grandkids and all that once in a while. 
And I think Pound Puppies and Legend of Bill Pu Big Paw at one point was in there. I'm not really sure. Um, but anyway, it just stuck with me and everything. And then when I found out, uh, back when I was living in Kansas, that this was going to get a, a release on DVD uh, in the fall of 2006, mostly October 24th, according to Wikipedia here, I knew I had to get it, and I did. Um, what, what, what was crazy, though, is when I would try to get it, you know, uh, I couldn't get my hands on it because every place I would go would say, oh, it's not available yet, or we have, oh, we still got to reorder and stuff. So eventually when I did get it, I was happy, I was happy that I did because now, you know, I could, you know, watch it at any time I want. I can watch it any time I want and everything. So, you know, so I was just happy to get it because like I said, it was something I grew up on and, you know, one, I watched as a kid and enjoyed, thought it was good. And, um, you know, really wanted to just keep, make it part of my collection again and that's what I did. Um, and, and I think I was kind of on a more of a nostalgic kick. I'm still kind of in that phase a little bit, you know, like anybody that grew up in the '80s and, and '90s. You know, I'm on. You know, at times I'm on, at times I'll be on the nostalgic kick for things I grew up with. And not only did I get this movie, but I remember going online and going to uh, a poster website. I don't know, if it was MoviePosters.com or something, or what, something like that, or a website like that. But I remember seeing Legend of Big Paul movie poster. And I think I was working for Walmart at that time in Lawrence, Kansas. And I said, I got to get this poster. Because it is an iconic poster. It's basically what you see on the screen. You know, it's basically what you see here on, you know, the screen. Like right here on the left, if you will. It's basically that. I don't know if it has the movie in the corner of it. I got I have it stored away in, um, in the garage somewhere. I have to get it out maybe when my mom goes back to work on Monday. Uh, but I'll have to try to get it out. And that's, of course, depending on if I'm not working. Because I've applied at Kohl's, you know, several times over to see what happens. Um, but, yeah, mainly it's like the poster you see on the left. And um, I hung it up in my room because of the fact that it was... It's a very iconic uh, poster and from the 80s, and animation uh, movie-wise from the 80s, based on something that we all grew up on. You know, based on something we all grew up on at that time. And I was just, you know, I just wanted to have it in my collection and I did. And I hung it up in my room and now I have it stored away and hopefully maybe someday I'll bring it back out and hang it up again. Maybe. We'll have to see. But yeah, I wanted to, but yeah, honestly though, I enjoyed the film. As a matter of fact, when I, you know, when I got this, you know, movie finally, you know, on DVD, I decided to watch it again and that's what I did. So I was really happy to to have this and everything uh, finally in the collection to watch whenever I want. Now, now what I look at, you know, from a positive perspective is since Lion Gates now has the license, or uh, now owns E1, basically the licensing distribution, distribution, if you will, for Hasbro, and Pound Puppies is part of Hasbro now, then honestly, I think, I think honestly what Lion Gates should do because everybody's looking at all the positives that come out of this new distribution by Lion Gates, you know, vi home video wise, physically, you know, physical media wise, I should say, and d digitally. I think Pound Puppies Legend of Big Paw should be considered for a Blu ray release. I really do. I mean, all you'd have to do is just up the bit rate to 1080p, 2K, if you will, and there you go. You know, you're good to go. Because, because again, 
going back to something I talked about before, you pop this into your ultra Blu-ray, ultra Blu-ray uh, player, your ultra 4K Blu-ray player, or your ultra HD, ultra 4K Blu-ray player, and this will be seen, and you'll, and this will be seen on your screen if your television is a 4K television or even 8K. This will be seen. In, you'll be able to see this, I should say, in 4K or even 8K, depending on what kind of screen you have. So yeah, even if they don't put it on Blu-ray, if you want to get the 4K experience, just pop this into your uh, 4K player, and there you go. If you got a 4K television or even 8K, there you go. You're good to go. Um, but you know, as far as the as far as the history of the film goes, I I, I know nostalgia critic Doug Walker, he did a review on this. In fact, it was one of the first reviews he ever did, in his first year or two as the nostalgia critic, as that guy with the glasses, and um, you know I remember him talking about it, and one of the things he pointed out was, you know, the character stop was the change in the characters. Excuse me, I had to get some uh, Dr. Pepper here, even though I'm drinking it out of a Coca-Cola glass. Um, but yeah, you know, he he talked about the change in the characters. And yeah, you could definitely tell the, the characters have changed. You know, the character design for the characters did change, there's no doubt, uh, from what was seen in the series. You know, even the origin was rewritten, you know, uh, for the movie from the series. You know, because a lot of things were different. And you had newer characters um, added in. You know, you had uh, newer characters uh, added in, like uh, Colette, who is the mother of the puppies that get born at, at, you know, at the beginning and sings the song, Now That You're Here, which is the only original song. You know, oh, yeah, it's, it's the only original song, I'm trying to think there. It's the only original song not based lyric-wise or instrumentally of any 50s or 60s song. It's the only original song based, you know, you know, based on its own, you know, merits. So you have her introduced. You have Beamer and everything, who is a, um, what kind of a dog? I can't even think of this, think of the kind of dog he is. Um, let me, let me see if they have it listed here. Uh, let's see. Beamer, Beamer. What what is Beamer? Let me see. Uh, Beamer. I know I know they have it in here somewhere. Let's see. Um. Let me let me see here. Hold on. Turn, I'm trying to see here on Wikipedia what what are the Scottish Scottish Terrier. That's right. So you had Beamer get introduced, who's a Scottish Terrier. And uh, you had a Reflex, um, who is a um, Reflex. What is he? Uh, old English Sheepdog, a Schnickdoodle, old English Sheepdog. Um, who, who basically his, he's kind of like a little bit of the comic relief, if you will. You know, kind of like the, um, you know, go. So it's kind of like the uh, comic relief, if you will, because the comedic thing that he, because the comic relief um, that he's known for here, you know, at the beginning of the film and during the climax, uh, is he turns into a lovesick, lovesick puppy 
whenever his bell ring, kissing everyone he sees, shouting he loves them. So, and basically this, this element of his, which is comedic relief, is used later on to basically, you know, help save the day, if you will. Um, but yeah, you have the, but you have Colette Beamer Reflex as, you know, dog-wise that I introduced. And, um, then you have, uh, the Pound Purries, Hairball, and Charlemagne, um, who are cats that are introduced. And that's, and that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool to, to see. And Frank Welker and Kathleen Cavadin a voice Hairball and Charlemagne. You know, um, and Kathleen, uh, Kathy Cavadin voices Charlemagne and Frank Welker voices, um, you know, voices Hairball. And Kathy Cavadin also voices Colette. So she does two roles. You know, so... So basically what they had here essentially was the original cast, most of the original cast in the series, reprising their roles. Not everybody, but the uh, but most of the original cast, um, if you will. Um, but yeah, the, the designs were different, there's no doubt about it, and the origin did change. And that's something we still see uh, to this day. You know, that's something we still see uh, to this day to where, you know, even with the... To you know, even with the recent um, Netflix um, theatrical streaming, you know, then you know, with the Netflix, you know, streaming slash theatrical um, marvelous uh, movie that they brought out, uh, marvelous Ladybug and Cat Noir movie that they brought out, because apparently that movie that they brought out on late marvelous Ladybug and Cat Noir is like a retelling of the origin. You know, even though if you follow that series for as long as everybody has, you know, the origin has already been told numerous times. You know, whether it's in the show or made for television, made for, you know, uh, uh, made for streaming or made for television movies or specials, it's been told numerous times. Well, this is like a complete retelling of it from a feature film perspective. And, you know, again, this is a, and again, that's a practice that, you know, has been used for for a numerous for a numerous amount of years, you know, even you know even going back to 1988, you know, with Pound Puppies and the Legend of Big Par, even going back two years prior to Care Bears movies too, New Generation. You know, so animated and live action films, based on a lot of properties, are known to do this. Even though we might know the origin, you know, they always have a different take on it or a re different retelling of it. You know. Take a look at Mutant Mayhem, for example. That's a completely different take on the turtles or tur on the turtles and Splinter's origin. You know, more. You know, that's a different take than all the other ones that have been a little different, but pretty much the same uh, retelling of the of the origin all the time. This is like a completely different, you know, take on it, and it, and it's a take that, you know, kind of stays true to the original, but not really. It goes off in its own direction. Well, the others are, you know, different to an extent to where most of it is identical beat, beat for beat, but then it goes off and does certain things. This one, apparently, in Mutant Mayhem is, you know, its own, like, it starts out almost beat for beat, but then just phew, takes off and does its own deal, if you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, 
but yeah, you know, again, it's 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 not the first. But yeah, again, you know, Pound Puppies and Legend of Big Paul doing it, not the first time, because now you're seeing it even now, still continuing to this day with Mutant Mayhem, with Marvelous Ladybug and Cat Noir's movie, and probably going to be happening for more times, you know, to to come and everything. Even if you know what the origin is or have an idea of what the origin is, because you've watched the original, you know, uh, telling of it, or one of the original tellings, you know, even if you know that, it's always there's always going to be a chance someone's going to say let's let's start out over for for the newer audience that may not know what's going on so we can have a fresher start uh, for them you know if you will and that's pretty much what they do that's pretty much what they do now one of the things that some people have said you know uh, one of the things that people said have really hurt it uh, is the you know is the animation the animation over the animation um, was overseen uh, over was over was overseen overseas uh, by Wang Film Productions and Cuckoo's Nest Studio. Uh, from out of, that were two Taiwan on company uh, two companies out of Taiwan, you know that were known for doing a lot of uh, animation for shows like let's say Rescue Rangers, Bonkers, um, Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic Saturday, and believe it or not. You know, they've been known to help out in those areas. You know, they've been known oh, to help out in those areas. So, uh, for them to be part of this, you can definitely see that, especially with some of the animation that, some of the animation errors uh, that, you know, that we see. You know, that we see throughout throughout the movies and everything. Because there's like certain characters that will be in a picture when they're not supposed to be, you know, and, and, and things like that. There'll be certain like colors missing off the characters and and all that, you know, it, it's one of those, you know, it's one of those distinct, you know, um, traits from a well, from a, you know, well-known animation studio, especially an overseas animation studio. It's one of those well-known traits that you come to know in a lot of the productions they're part of, and you see it in Pound Puppies as in a big part. But I think what really hurt it, though, what really hurt it, and this was uh, according to Pierre, uh, Pierre, Del Celis, who was also an art director and directing storyboard artist. Uh, according to what he said, production took five and a half months, starting in the fall of 87. He says the first two and a half months were spent on preparing its layouts and storyboards, and the remaining time on the animation, backgrounds, and shooting. You know, so basically, if they were, so basically what he's saying there is if maybe they were given a little bit more time, maybe they could have, put, you know, pumped out something you know, animation-wise, a lot better. But given the fact that they were given literally less less than six months to get this done, you know, sometimes that works, sometimes that doesn't. But, you know, it's all up to uh, the people in, the people involved and in, in whatnot. But, um, but outside of that, you know, you, you look at a lot of animated films that have been theatrical released, some that have gone on to be major hits, and all that, even from the biggest animation studios and distributors, and they too have animation mistakes. So even some of the most cult classics do. And there's no, there's no denying that. So, you know, I get where he's coming from. You know, I get where he's coming from when he says this. That he probably feels that if they were given maybe, you know, six, eight months, maybe a year, to get this together, they could have animation-wise, they could have had something, you know, uh, really, really top-notch, really special if you will. But outside of that, you know, like I said, even the classics, 
you know, have animation errors and mistakes in them that you can't deny. You can't deny, you know, and everything, but you can't overlook because the rest of the movie is pretty good. You know, so, 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 you know, that's, that's it. You know, so, you know, there is that, if you will. Hold on for a second. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those situations to, to where, you know, what can you do about the animation? Um, again, like I said, I think the other thing that may have hurt it was it didn't get a chance to really get a full theatrical playthrough, you know, like not just, you know, the matinees for the younger kids and, and all that, but mainly, you know, like throughout the day and into the evening, if you will. Uh, again, I, I do believe it may have gotten that on the fr on the weekends, like Fridays and Saturdays. Uh, but outside of that, you know, I, it, it, it didn't really, you know, get a chance to, to shine. And I think if it would have given been given more of an opportunity to shine, not only would the box office be a lot better, or would have been a lot better, not entirely, but it would have been decent enough to where maybe they could have made at least a million, you know, at, at most, or close to it. You know, then I think people wouldn't be, uh, excuse me, I don't think people would be uh, crapping on it, you know, the way they did. But I think, you know, for the, those of us that grew up in the 80s and everything, you know, the reason we're not so harsh on this film, even looking back on it now, you know, is because of the fact that, you know, it's a product, product of the time. Because you got to remember, between 86 and up until about 1990, you know, up until about 86, you know, 1990. Sorry about that. But like I said, between um, 86 and up to, I'm assuming, 89 at the latest, you know, again, this is a product of the time to where movies were animated films, sometimes live action, but mostly animated, you know, that came out in theaters, were based on you know, toy products based on toys that had already been turned into shows. You know, like I said, you had Transformers, you had GoBots, you had G.I. Joe, you potentially were going to have Gem, you know, had things not gone awry, and everything with uh, the Generation 1's My Little Pony movie and Transformers the movie bombing at the box office and, and all that. You know, so it, it's a product of its time and its main purpose, whether we want to admit it or not, you know, was to, you know, you know, was to sell, was to sell toys, just like the shows that it was, you know, based on was, you know, was meant to, you know, meant to do the same thing. That's what the movie was meant to do as well. And I think that's why a lot of us look back on it with, you know, such fondness. You know, we may criticize it, you know, as grownups now and say, yeah, you know, they could have done better with the animation and all that. They, you know, they had all this potential and everything, but you know, outside of that, you know, it's, um, you know, to me, it's a fairly harmless film that if you ignore a lot of the negativity, you know, negative negativity and criticism about it, it's, you know, it's, a, like I said, it's a, very, it's a harmless film that you could just sit back and enjoy, you know, pass the time with, have on in the background, and go from there. You know, so to me, you know, I think it's just one of those situations to where um, I think, you know, the, the production was rushed out when it should have been given more time. And it was basically, you know, like I said, it was basically put into a situation to where I think, 
honestly, they felt that, well, if all the other animated films based on, um, you know, toy products at that time, which were based, you know, which had shows of their own, were not doing so well theatrically, you know, with full-length, you know, uh, playthroughs throughout the day, you know, then what chance would Pound Puppies have? So, I think that's why they limited, you know, its uh, playability uh, throughout. I think that's why they did it. But, you know, outside of that, I think it is just a film you can, you know, like I said, put on in the background and enjoy. Maybe, you know, even watch once in a while and just be like, yeah, it's harmless. It's not going to, it's not bad and all that for what it is. I mean, it's runtime is what? What's it's runtime here? It's runtime is basically, um, I think if they have it, in, I think they have the runtime here. I think it's about 78, 76 minutes, I believe. Yeah, so, yeah, I think that's what it is. Just trying to see here. Yeah, it's about, uh, yeah, about 78 minutes. So, you know, it's just something I could tell you. You can put it on the background while you're cleaning your room, maybe rearranging stuff, or cooking, you know, making yourself lunch or whatever, or working on something, and you want to just, you know, turn your head like that and watch what's going on. It's one of those kind of films. And if you do want to watch something, that, you know, that, again, will you'll be harmless to watch. And, you know, while you're, you know, maybe, let's say, eating lunch or you just want to relax and everything, you know, you could put something like this on. Uh, again, you know, again, I think the... Uh, again, I think the only memorable things people take away from it is the music, which, again, makes me wonder why they didn't get a soundtrack release for this vinyl, you know, cassette, CD, or even nowadays digitally. You know, it makes me it makes me wonder. So hopefully maybe we might see a change in that over time. But um, I thought it was good. I thought it was good, you know. I thought it was a good little, like I said, harmless film. You know, that, you know, it's one of those guilty pleasures that I like to, you know, I like to probably go back and watch once in a while and, you know, and enjoy. It really is. Now, for anybody that may not have the DVD, I can tell you honestly that you could go to the you can go to the Internet Archive, archive.org, I believe, and you can find the movie there. All you have to do is Google Pound Puppies Legend of Big Paw, look in the video um, uh, video results that Google will give you, and one of the first things you should see is the full-length movie at archive.org. And if you can find it there. I I recommend watching it if you can download it and burn it to a C, burn it to a DVD. I recommend doing that too. But um, but yeah, you know it's uh, you know it's out there. It's out there for anybody to enjoy and you know when they want you know at archive and at the archive.org and yeah um, so yeah just so yeah if you want to watch something or have something in the background that's harmless. Or watch something to kind of keep yourself a little entertained. Well, let's say you're just eating lunch or something. This will do it. Especially if you grew up on it like I did. But yeah, it's hard to believe it's been 25 years since it got released. You know, and hopefully... And hopefully we'll get um, a Blu-ray release down the line. Since now Lion Gates has E1 under the roof. Hopefully we'll get a Blu-ray release of this soon. But let me know what your guys' thoughts are. What do you think... 25, looking back at it 25 years later, what are your thoughts on Pound Puppies, The Legend of Big Paw? How did you feel about the film when you first saw it? Let me know what your thoughts are. 
comment down below. You'll also get a version of this at BW Rose's Discussions, which is my podcast on Spotify and other um, podcast affiliates, but mostly on Spotify. Check it out there. And really, guys, just give me your thoughts. How did you feel about the movie when you first found it, or first found out about it, or first saw it? You know, is it something that you enjoyed as a kid? Let me know. I'd love to love to know what your thoughts are. I'd love to know what your thoughts are and everything. And do you think maybe if it would have gotten a more full, fully, fully played theatrical run, you know, you know, from day into night, do you think that could have helped it um, as well? And do you think maybe if it wasn't that, they could have at least got, you know, a full playthrough in theaters on the weekends, like Fridays and Saturdays? Let me know. Let me know what your thoughts are. And what did you think of the music? Give me your thoughts on that and everything. And uh, yeah, that's all I can really say. But I'd love to hear your thoughts, guys. Love to hear them. Uh, what did you think of the new additions of the characters? Of the new characters? Let me know. And until next time, guys, I will talk.